Across the country, disruption reigns. It's the stuff of Hollywood movies, a global virus pandemic. I've been following the progress of the virus for a few months, but largely in the abstract. As it started to ravage Europe, I paid closer attention. I kept a close eye as the numbers rose in Italy, leading to the eventual closure of bars and restaurants, and then eventually all civil society. Quarantine quickly followed. Even then, as it became increasingly clear that the virus would spread to all corners of the globe, I still couldn't grasp the scope of really what was to come. My family has now been in isolation for more than a week. I have the luxury and the privilege of self-employment, so I can set my own schedule and work from anywhere. In this, I am incredibly lucky. Others are not so lucky. Bartenders, servers, barbacks, dishwashers, along with hundreds of other professions, had no choice but to report to work in order to provide for their families. Now even that option is gone. Hundreds of thousands of people, if not more, have been laid off. The service sector is decimated. Bars and restaurants have stripped down to the very bare minimum staff necessary to provide basic services to people. And it's just the beginning. Welcome to the Beer Edge podcast, a look at the business and culture of beer. My partner John Hall and I originally envisioned a very different podcast, but that too will have to wait. For now, we will be releasing at least one, if not more, episodes every week as the COVID-19 story continues to unfold. We've talked to many dozens of brewery owners, workers, distributors, bartenders, and others to gather their stories and take stock of where we are as an industry and where we're headed. Perhaps no industry has had to deal with the rapid change of the world as much as bars and restaurants. Over a period of several days, the rules, laws, and social order governing their operation changed almost hour by hour. Owners and employees attempted to adapt until state and local governments around the country told them they had to close or limit their operations something that had been unthinkable just days before. In Boston, where I live, one bar owner, Max Toasty, is reeling from all the change. Max runs one of the city's best beer bars, Deep Ellum. It's a lager lover's dream come true, and Max is the real deal, a longtime bar owner who is still crazy passionate about beer. He and his partner have expanded to three restaurants. All three are now dark, with his taco joint offering delivery and takeaway orders to keep the lights on. Suffice it to say, Max has never seen anything like this. Oh, it's been like a shit show triage, you know, calamity for days. Uh, but, you know, like 15-hour days and 10-hour days, and the, you know, the old kind of old-fashioned shit. It's weird, though. I've, I've opened restaurants before several times now, uh, not just for myself, but for other people. And uh, closing a restaurant is real weird, you know, like, we basically packed up all the booze and locked it in the uh, liquor room. So Deep Ellum and Lone Star, you know, it's just a big empty space with nothing in it. So it's pretty weird. Yeah. It's kind of I can only imagine what that's. Yeah, I can only imagine what that looks like. And especially as some, as someone who put it all together, I can't imagine what that feels like. How is how is the staff? How is your staff holding up? You know, they're they're. In pretty good spirits. Um, are there's been some minor mental breakdowns here and there um, between the stress and you know because this whole thing started. It's been kind of like you know when you said how's your day, what's your day like? It's kind of hard to say because um, every day has been different for like I guess about two weeks because you know a couple of weeks ago it was like. You gotta disinfect everything. You gotta have sanitizer everywhere. 
And then it was, you know, basically every day there was some new thing you had to do. So we were creating systems and, you know, setting up sanitation stations and all that shit pretty much every day or every other day or every two days or whatever, you know, whatever was changing. So, you know, our GMs and our chefs and our kind of our management team was sort of, you know, going with the flow and scrambling every day with new systems. But we were kind of cranking along business-wise, so it wasn't like they were sitting around on their hands. They had, the, the business, the businesses were running pretty steadily at that point. Uh, and then, and then it was kind of day to day. You know, Friday we had a plan that got thrown out because things changed. And then Saturday we had another plan. Sunday we thought we had a really good plan, and then we had to change the plan. And Monday we had a new plan. <laughs> and then we were closed Tuesday, and it was like, oh my god. So it's been a, it's been a heavy, you know, I think, I think the staff, as far as the, um, you know, bartenders, servers, cooks and all that, I think they've been very, um, they've been really cool. And a lot of that is based on, we're pretty tight knit, even though there's a hundred of us, it's a pretty tight knit crew. I mean, you've been at this a while. You've been in the restaurant business for, I'm I, shit, I don't even know how long. Quite a, quite a few. Yeah. Have you yeah. ever seen anything even remotely approximating this? Oh, no. I mean, I don't even, I, like, I don't even know what, it's funny because, like, on one hand, I know what to do. You know, I know how to, you know, we know how to run a small operation. We've done, we opened Deep Ellen with seven people. So, you know, I've done that before. But, it, there's, it's just, I've never closed a restaurant before. And, you know, between you and me, like, Aaron and I, the hardest thing for us to wrap our heads around is that, you know, we didn't go out of business. Like, 10 days ago, we had, I mean, six days ago, we were fucking slamming busy. Yeah. You know, and never mind, like, for 13 years of development and eight at Lone Star, and five at Lone Star Cambridge. Like, we've been crushing it. So to, to all of a sudden put the brakes on, there was no way to to make plans, you know, like business. It's not like business started to slow really gradually, and we were like, okay, we're going to let a few people go. we got to slow down our ordering, blah, 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 blah. It was literally zero to 60 to zero in a couple of days. And there's no way to plan for that as a business, you know, because and I think we're lucky, like we had like a decent amount of money in the bank, but we also had 100 employees to pay full payroll for two weeks. So that money is going to fucking be gone. You know what I mean? Like it's it's not like they tell you to keep, you know, what, two months of expenses in the bank or something like that. Like when you run a business like ours, you can't keep that much money in the bank. We don't have that much money. It doesn't, right. it doesn't work that way. You know, you can't keep half a million dollars in the bank just in case something weird happens. Your accountant would tell you you're a moron. You know what I mean? It doesn't like. Anyway, my point is um, the thing that, to wrap our head around the fact that we didn't fail. We didn't right. go out of business. We didn't screw up and, and you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, it, it's not like. Right. Oh, you know, business ain't like what it used to be. Got to make some changes. It's literally fucking 
60 to nothing. 60 to zero. Full stop. No way to forecast. No, never. You know, and, and even, yep. and we, we felt like we were like, you know, we were doing stuff days before people told us to. And that's kind of something we pride ourselves on is seeing things coming, anticipating, prepare, you know, being proactive as opposed to reactive and that whole thing. But the speed that this all happens, even with being there every day, all day for the last however many days, you just can't, you can't even do it. I mean, Sunday was fucking hilarious. We sat there all day. We called it our war, our war room. We literally were getting like takeout pizza, like sitting in there making plans. And then like a new thing would come out on all of our phones would blow up. Oh, Never mind. We can't do that anymore. They have capacity. Okay. And then we spend another three hours trying to formulate a new plan. We think we're ahead of, ahead of the game. And then the governor says they're going to shut everybody down on Tuesday. And we're like, Jesus fucking Christ. We just spent eight hours formulating all these awesome plans to keep our, you know, our staff employed and rotating shifts and minimizing ordering and blah, blah, blah. And it's all for nothing. Like, never mind. We're just going to close on Tuesday. What the fuck does that mean? And, you know, that was, it's just pretty weird, you know, like it's, it's hard to not feel like a failure because you have to lay people off and you have to shut your business down. When like two weeks ago, three weeks ago, we were having a meeting about how prepared we were to go into our spring with the deck opening because we had so many employees and, you know, we had 104 employees leaving the winter. And that was the most employees we'd ever had at the end of a winter going into spring. And how we only had to, you know, we only have to hire this, that, and the other thing, and we'll be good to go for deck season, right? And then to go from that to literally, like, you're all laid off. I'm sorry. It's so fucking weird. I mean, it's sad, and it's, like, fucked up, and it made us to throw up because we were it took us it took us a whole day to realize that we only had one option because we were thinking like could we like pay them one more month one more week of sick pay or you know but we we're just like we don't have the money like we can't you know so to to, to real to to come to the realization that we had to lay everybody off and we had to close our businesses when just a couple of weeks ago we were like patting ourselves on the back for how fucking great things were going was real weird. The one positive thing I will say that I keep thinking about is that even as fucked up as this is and it's unprecedented, we're all in the same boat. You know? Like, if this was if this was a hurricane that hit New England and it just fucked everything up, then it, it, there we'd be, you know, I don't know if we'd have any relief for our mortgages or our rents or, you know, the SBA loans or potential government funding or, or just, you know, credit card companies giving you better terms or anything like that, you know, cause sometimes situations like that. And, you know, if there's something that's really regional that gets, that shit gets fucked up, nobody gives a shit. You got to pay your rent. Screw you. You got to pay your mortgage. Fuck you. You got to pay your student loans too bad. You know what I mean? But I feel like with all this, it's like, you know, are they going to come and foreclose our house because we can't pay? Nobody can pay. 
nobody's everybody's in the same boat. I mean, how many restaurant people that are unemployed right now? Like millions. Like ten percent of the total workforce in the country just got laid off. Like, so what I mean? That's like, and not saying it's gonna, it's great, and I'm happy, but the one, the one solace I can take, and I keep trying to talk about, is that we're all in the same boat. So when shit's hitting the fan, like it's hit the fan for everybody, and there's, you know, so hopefully, everyone will be, everyone's gonna be more understanding of each other. Is my is my my optimistic outlook. You take care, okay? I look forward to seeing you, man. Be well. Doug Velicki is the chief financial officer of Revolution Brewing in Chicago, Illinois. Before coming to work for Rev, Doug worked for one of the state's biggest beer distributors, so he has a pretty good understanding of how the beer industry works. When the COVID nineteen story started to break, he started contemplating what this might mean for Revolution and its employees. As it became increasingly clear that Revolution would have to close down its tap room as well as its restaurant, he began to worry about how to take care of the company's employees. I talked to him earlier this week to just sort of take the temperature of what was happening there and to get some of his thoughts. At that time, things were pretty confused and news were coming, you know, news was coming in waves and he wasn't quite sure how to react. He was touching base with a lot of different people and just sort of contemplating what the next step would be. I talked to him again yesterday to see how things have changed and what Revolution's approach is to the COVID-19 virus. So since we talked a couple days ago, uh, you know, how have things been going for you? They're, uh, you know, it's not bad. Um, you know, I've, I have a feeling it's what, what, what I'm trying to do right now is, um, you know, stay caught up with the uh, the changes that are going to be put out to us and not just uh, what we can and can't do, but all the um, assistance that's being worked on now and starting to trickle out as, um, you know, bills being proposed. And, um, you know, it, it, revolution where uh, we're, we're, everything starts off with the, the safety of our people, putting our people first, you know, safety first, and then just their general well-being. And um, that just that alone is is leading to a lot of good, healthy conversations um, as the as the finance guy. What I'm what I'm trying to do is create models for all the different scenarios that could come at us at any hour right now. Um, like right now, we can do some limited packaging of beer and there's a huge amount of demand for our um beer and cans, but, um, you know, there's only so much that can get out there and we can only go, we can only go at a very reduced speed where we're keeping the very limited, limited number of uh, employees that are showing up um, as far apart as possible. And we we're lucky where we can do a little bit of, a little bit of that with, um, without anybody going anywhere near each other, really. So, um, that's, that's helpful. Um, yeah, so we're um, I'm I'm basically figuring out like how far, uh, you know, how far we can go with such a limited operation, and then planning for the inevitable uh, news of uh, further limitations on what we can do, and how that'll how that'll impact us, and just trying to trying to be as prepared as possible for the, you know, three different types of uh, scenarios that could come our way. 
you're talking about <clears throat> further limitations moving forward. What are you what are you anticipating that that may look like, or these these three or more scenarios? Um, I think all non-essential uh, shopping is about to get shut down, and then. So I, I think that means that grocery stores will be um, able to stay open, but that could change. Um, same with pharmacies like uh, Walgreens, CVS, um, that, that could change. And then just trying to figure out what that means we can and can't do. And uh, so being prepared for zero business or being prepared for like, you know, I'm making up a number, but 20%, uh, which is kind of what we're currently doing. Uh, in terms of production going like very reduced speed, but trying to get some beer out there um, to extend uh, extend how far we can take this without any major uh, changes. And obviously, I would assume that all on-premise, all keg beer is pretty much stopped at this point. You're doing mostly, if not all, canning. Uh, how are the numbers looking in terms of, of sales outside right now? Is it where you had thought it might be, or is it a little higher? It's It appears to be spiking at least for um, a couple major retailers. And now there's others where um, we just, we have no way of knowing, but uh, we can get some, the bigger the chain, uh, the more uh, reliable and meaningful data we can get. And it, it does sound like they're, uh, you know, overwhelmed with demand for uh, canned beer, like the, the major usual major retailers, the usual suspects um, are doing very well. And they they kind of think it will continue, um, but, you know, with a, a limited life of, you know, I keep hearing the, t- uh, the time frame four to six weeks is where they could see this uh, things being strong. And so we're getting a lot of questions on can we keep making them beer and we we really don't know the answer to that we're uh, just trying to do as much as we can with the beer that we already had in the tanks kind of ready to go and then uh not to be cliche but it really is day by day hour by hour um we hear a lot of rumors on what um limitations could come and we don't know if they apply to us or not and so just being ready for either or and uh being a few steps ahead and knowing what you know, at least on a, a rough sketch of what we would do if this happens, what we would do if that happens. But um, what we're doing right now is very, very limited. We did activate some curbside takeaway um, just today. Uh, some places got that going much faster than we did. We we sat on it for a few days and then did, did activate it where people can put an order in on our website. And then we have one employee who's, you know, the cars can pull up and call and say that they're there, let them know they're name and order number and then one employee will put it in their the beer in their trunk for us for them uh so that's happening now the response has been amazing uh we took some of our like rare barrel aged beers and just like put a a, made some package deals to get people to buy some of our just regulars and are giving them something uh you know special along with it to try to get people to make a a decent size uh, purchase if they're able and then people are being extremely generous with like the tipping and that's going a long way and being pulled together so that's been awesome but we're on literally day one of that um, it's just the actual pickups are just about to get started but we can see the orders coming in on our website and that's been um, a really nice boost to see uh, see how quickly people are responding to our 
kind of uh, plea that we're putting out there. And uh, we do have a, a small luxury of, you know, having some beer out there at retailers. You know, again, I don't know. I think that will be short lived, um, but we'll, we'll see. We're hoping we can keep keep going with a limited amount of production. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it just I mean, I can't imagine how tough it must be. And for the rest of the the Rev staff, how are you know, you're checking in with them? How are they taking things? How are things going for them? Really well, because like I said, they they see that we're putting them first. And like, if I can give one one piece of advice, I have can probably think of uh, quite a few, but uh, a piece of advice is, um, you know, if there's something worth, you know, if there's some positivity happening, whether it's the team rallying together, people um, making sacrifices while also uh, being safe about it, uh, celebrate those, you know, whether it's a daily email from from the owner or leadership team, um, we're doing that. We also have a, we just at the beginning of the year launched an intranet site. It's like a, a Google site with basically our own news feed for our employees to see. So we're trying to post updates in there of just positive things happening and uh, celebrating the wins. No win is too small right now. So that's going a long way. And I just think the regular check-ins of letting people know everything we're, we're doing to keep them safe, take as good, take good care of them. And, um, you know, just the people out there making sacrifices, um, making sure that they're, we, they know how much we, we appreciate it. Um, I've been calling up a lot of partners, um, asking different members of our team to do the same. And uh, a lot of vendors have been extremely flexible with us, meaning like there's services that, you know, out of necessity, we could just shut off, but there are things that it's like, if you shut it off, then you're like, and down the road, your data gets all messed up. And, um, everybody's been very responsive and saying, Hey, you know, three, you need three free months. We'll just stop billing you or we'll credit your bill for three months. And that's been cool to see. And these, these range from massive companies to, to small ones. And uh, that's been really positive and something I would, you know, encourage people to take the time to do. And because you never know what other kind of help they might be able to offer versus, you know, in addition to just crediting your bill, you never know who you're talking to and what kind of idea or uh, other partner they might have that could be something that could, could make an impact. So recommend people before they just go cancel everything, you know, get on the horn with as many of these people as they can and see what they can do for you. And uh, what I've learned is no company is too big. Uh, if you can get through to them, they all understand the situation and want to do what they can. Um, I'd also say, uh, you know, with, with major, major partners, like your bankers, your landlord, your insurance agents, uh, these are people that are uh, typically very smart and very plugged into their own worlds and um, just staying in regular touch with them. They're sometimes getting information first or hearing about things that are probably going to happen and can tip you off. So I would touch base as often as they're able to make the time for you. Like our insurance agent, uh, shout out to Task Insurance. Uh, they've been amazing with just feeding us with information that I I'm not seeing anywhere else that's just good to have ahead of time and things that get announced, you know, hours or half a day later, they're kind of giving up us a heads up on what's probably happening so we can get get our communications in, in line and, and ready to go. In terms of 
your work with or communications with the Illinois Brewers Guild and any other advocacy organizations, what are you seeing in or hearing in terms of what either you know you know state or local officials are looking to do to assist you know small businesses like in and medium-sized businesses to get through you know the next few weeks few months in the uh, very immediate term you know there's a lot of uh, most of the questions i'm on all the guild uh, emails the, a lot of people are you know looking for leniency on um, things they normally wouldn't be allowed to do you know, the, a lot of that is delivery, having their people actually like going up to, to houses and apartments and delivering orders themselves, which there's, you know, would not typically be allowed. There'd normally be a lot more red tape around that. We would typically have to go through like a Grubhub or Caviar or um, uh, DoorDash, one of those kind of sites where it's just kind of, uh, I think there's been some reprieves or people are doing it anyway and nobody's going to, you know, uh, you know, have a real problem with it uh, in these times. So that's letting some some business happen. And it's probably, uh, you know, all the loyal fans are, are stepping up and I'm, I'm seeing that. And the message I'm trying to tell people is like, hey, I totally get it if you can't uh, buy a case of beer right now. But what you could do that's free is you could share that brewery's post. If you've got, you know, a couple hundred Facebook friends, you could just say, uh, you know, hey, big fan of this brewery, support them with an order if you have the means right now. And uh, there's little things that uh, I just see fans, um, you know, beer enthusiasts doing, which is, is, has been really cool. Um, but back to your question, you know, there's there's a lot of questions on things, you know, small bits of the law, you know, where if you're a certain type of, you know, certain type of brewery, you can't do this. I seeing questions like a brew pub here, which is, you know, among other things, means you have a kitchen um, and a certain type of license where you can do certain things. You can't self-distribute your beer. So people who are, have that type of brewery license, they're wondering if under these circumstances they can. And uh, it's hard to expect lawmakers to get to something that small um, that may only apply to a very small number of businesses. But those are kind of questions happening or people looking for uh, new types of flexibility where they could sell some amount of beer and get some chance for their employees to, to make some tips. And because uh, people are being very generous right now, like I, I can't stress that enough, uh, not just from seeing what our, you know, orders coming in are from our own website, but I'm on the horn uh, once I get my kids to bed and uh, have a chance to grab some dinner. I'm just calling all the small breweries who I have a relationship with, uh, bottle shop, owners like you know chris quinn a, a mutual friend of ours we both go on his podcasts uh, sometimes calling him up and understanding what he's seeing and um a lot of positive vibes out there so it's uh, it's really good to see and it's important that we uh, uh celebrate those and uh as we keep uh kind of muscling through this since we last talked a couple days ago how is your perspective changed on things is it you're you're talking about a lot of the positivity that you're seeing are you a little bit more optimistic than you were a few days ago or are you still kind of head down day by day hour by hour just trying to see where things are going to go i am optimistic from a standpoint of the well-being of the people from what i've just seen and maybe the last i think i since i woke up this morning or maybe i caught it uh during a wake up in the middle of the night but uh you know the potential that what i'm hearing the rumors are for relief 
um, for individuals. And um, a, a big one that's, I don't think, official yet, but it's coming, I think, I hope, is uh, they're uh, working to create, you know, uh, most breweries who uh, hopefully have business interruption insurance. Um, it's been pretty much made clear that uh, this circumstance would not be covered under that. And uh, the government knows that, and they're looking to um, basically retroactively make it part of that. And I think to be fair to the insurance companies who are going to have to facilitate all this, they'd, they'd be supplementing the um, impact on the insurance companies to help help with that. Now, I don't know what that means, what that, you know, how much that gets us specifically or everybody, you know, uh, in the big picture. But if something comes through there, that's again, you know, extending, extending our lives and, and changes what we'll have the flexibility to do in the, in the weeks to come. So I'm hearing good news on that front, uh, seeing things that are drafted and being proposed, not necessarily officially um, signed, signed into effect. But um, that's been uh, actually better than I thought. You know, there was a long period where we felt like we were getting nothing. And just in the last day, day or less, I'm seeing things where I'm, you know, very pleasantly surprised at the impact it could make. What sort of advice do you have for other other crapperers right now in terms of because um, as, as we've talked over the last couple of days, I've, I've sort of been impressed with your sort of forward thinking and just trying to trying to come at this from an analytical perspective from a bunch of different angles. What kind of advice do you have for for other folks who might find themselves uh, in in similar situations, similar straits in terms of just, you know, how to how to preserve things and protect things and move forward? I think it's I think I've I'll reiterate them. I think I hit on everything that's, uh, you know, safety and then the well-being of your people first. Um, continuing to keep everybody upbeat or as upbeat as the circumstances allow by celebrating those wins. Get them out there daily. I, I don't stop saying you don't have time because I'm sorry, like there, there's time for everything. And that's something that you've got to block off the 15 minutes to send some good vibes out to, to your teams, like make it, make it work. I, you know, I've got uh, every everything being thrown at me and I'm making time for that. And I know everybody else can too. Just like, just don't make any excuses. Just get that stuff done. Um, call your partners up again, even if you don't have a, a specific ask or objective, maybe there's a service you just had to turn off, but you're like, you know, that's a, that woman um, who's my uh, contact here. Uh, she's, she's smart. She, she might have, uh, I'm just going to, you know, sometimes you just need to call people without a specific objective and just talk through and you never know what might come out of that. And I've gotten some really good advice and just, um, you know, good perspective from, from some phone calls I've made without a, without an agenda behind it. And, um, you know, what I said about reaching out to the people like bankers, landlords, insurance agents, they're, you know, maybe looking at this from a different angle than a brewery would. So you just, again, it's all about perspective, like getting some other, don't just talk to brewery owners, talk to other people in your networks or partners of your brewery and see what they have to say. Make time for these. You know, you can keep it brief, keep it to, you know, 10, 15 minutes, but so much good comes out of talking through this. And then it's, you know, make time to do what you and I are making time to do right now is, uh, you know, help other people um, any way you can, even if it's 
even if it's just blabbing about what you're doing and where your head's at, you, you might, you know, if it's not a direct uh, piece of advice, you might just spark an idea from someone and get their wheels turning and uh, just keep doing that. Find the time in your day where it, it can work, where you've got the window and uh, make it happen. And then that's just going to spread and uh, more people are going to be doing that. And that's, that's a big, that's like my long-term op, uh, optimism is like, you know, some of the, you know, you know, how uh, unso you know, less social people had been getting before this and, and just how, how much more uh, people are picking up the phone right now. And I think about the long term when we're long past this and I'm hoping some like real good societal changes are going to happen from what we all had to, to do to, to get ourselves through this. It's going to make uh, it's going to make a lot of us a, a lot tougher. And uh, um, I, that's that's one of the many things I'm, I'm looking forward to when we're past this is just seeing uh, all the camaraderie that that had to happen to to help all these businesses sub survive. It's going to be a whole new whole new outlook someday. And uh, that's one of the big things I'm looking forward to right now. Doug, as per usual, I thank you for your time. Uh, I thank you for the advice that you've given folks and, you know, certainly grateful for the conversations we've had over the next couple of days. And I look forward to keeping that going into the future. Yeah, thanks for everything you and John are doing. Really appreciate it. This is a, a lot of time out of your uh, crazy days as well. So thank you for putting this out there for, for breweries. I really enjoyed uh, the first podcast and thank everybody who came on to that and comes on and talks to you in the future. Thank you, Doug. We'll talk to you soon. Cheers, Andy. Okay, take care. Well, I'm joined on the line now by my partner, John Hall. How are you doing, John? Andrew, hello. How is your week going? So I've been thinking about this. I have a friend of mine who works for the Washington Post, Sungman Kim, and she posted on Twitter years ago. It's her pinned tweet, and it was during the impeachment trials, and it said, what a century this week has been. It's really true. And, and, and this it just week... keeps coming back to me over and over again as we're here on a Friday now and uh, or a Thursday, I guess, when we're recording this. But just my gosh, it's it's impossible to keep up with everything that's going on. And it's the onslaught is unrelenting. I have another friend here who owns an ice cream shop and he has something similar where he says uh, you know, he retweets himself once every couple of years and he just says something <laughs> something along the lines of. Um, you know, somebody, please tell me what day this is. Somebody, you know, so, and then two years later, somebody, wow, this, you know, I don't know what day it is. And now he's just like, for the love of God, somebody tell me what day it is. I, as people are starting to work from home more and more and routines are lost and just, you, you think about the act of, especially the industry that we cover of beer, of the rituals that take place, of going down to your local tap room, going to your local bar, getting excited about weekend releases. There's certain things that come up with days of the week. And we just don't have that to even look forward to at this point. And everybody's trying to figure out how to keep their lights on. And people are trying to figure out how to support all of the breweries that they love. But there's just not enough hours in the day uh, to do all of that. And then certainly there's no place to actually go to, to do it. Right. And again, we're certainly missing all those social customs and the social you know opportunities to get together and, and have a beer and just catch up with one another. And so I know we're trying to do some of that. You know, with virtual happy hours and the like, but it really does start to weigh on you. But in all of the conversations you had with folks this week, do you get a sense that there is more of a sense of optimism and understanding of the the severity of the circumstance, or is there still a pretty? Are we still just in the eye of the storm, or surrounded by pessimism and and just really not sure what the direction is going to be? 
I think it's moving so quickly that it's really tough to say. But in the last 10 days or so, um, I've seen people go from sort of nonchalantness to general confusion to optimism. And unfortunately, in the last couple of days, I've seen you know a, a bit more of the reality or a bit more of the pessimism uh, sneak in. You know, people early on are saying, you know, we're going to keep our doors open for as long as we can. And then people are saying, you know, we're going to put loggers in the tanks and we're going to look forward to summer. And now I'm talking to folks all day today and the layoffs are coming out. You know, they're, they're having to lay off their taproom staff. They're trying to navigate unemployment websites. They're trying to figure out uh, contracts. You know, today uh, when we're airing the show, it's March 20. Tax bills are due. Um, and in some states, uh, it's looking like it might be waived. But in other states, there's a big bill that comes due today. And breweries haven't had the revenue in the last certainly five days, but even going a few days beyond that. People don't necessarily have a lot of money in the bank right now. And they're worrying about that as well. So it's. I think right now what I'm feeling is sort of the pessimism vibe coming off of people that everybody's trying to do their best, but grim realities of how do we pay our bills? How do we even keep the lights on, let alone employees is really starting to sink in. And I think it also depends, as I'm sure you know, of who you're talking to and, and where sure. they fit into the sort of craft beer ecosystem. Because if well, we're that's ta- the big thing. Yeah. Yeah. If we're talking to, you know, you know, mid-size or larger breweries, they're kind of actually overwhelmed with demand right now. They have, you know, if they're individuals or breweries that have, you know, access to distribution in the marketplace and they're in grocery stores and chain stores, those chain stores are getting slammed for beer right now. And so distributors are doing the yeoman's work to get, you know, to get in there and and, and to fill empty store shelves. Uh, and, you know, the breweries are trying to figure out how to work on a skeleton, skeleton staff for both brewing and for cellaring and then for packaging. Uh, but they, you know, at least for the moment, have a substantial amount of demand. Now you work further down and you get into restaurants and tap rooms that derive a significant portion, if not all of their income from, from on-premise sales. And it's, I mean, it's starting to look like a graveyard, like you're saying. It's starting to look very grim and we're seeing people having to lay off you know, their friends and, and their employees and people that they consider family that they've worked with for, for years or decades. And that's crushing. Well, you know, it's interesting, though, as far as the breweries that distribute out to chain and out to wholesalers. Um, I, I was talking with a brewery out in Oregon earlier today, and they released a beer, uh, a new IPA that has been in the works for six months. So the distributor knew that it was coming. And originally the plan was 50 percent of this was going to go into draft and go out into the marketplace to, to their accounts around town. All of it went into packaging, so all of it went to their wholesalers. But after this particular beer goes out, uh, because of COVID-19, they're going to most likely put a hold on all future new items that go to their wholesaler uh, until this whole situation clears up. And, and that, to me, is sort of the disruptions that we're seeing now will cascade, I think, going forward as you know brewers either can't make beer or the infrastructure isn't there for, you know, for them to make beer and to get it out into the marketplace. So, yeah, I think the stores are, are flush right now, but I'm curious to see what it's going to be like in a month, you know, two, three, uh, if it continues to go on. Yeah. And who knows what the, and prog- that's for the larger breweries. Certainly. Right. And yeah. for prognostication, it's obviously a, a difficult, if not impossible task at the moment. But so you asked me the other day as we were wrapping up, you know, so what sort of rays of sunshine or positivity do you, do you have as a takeaway from anything you've seen this week? One of the, the the interesting takeaways, I was emailing with a friend earlier today, and he's using this experience to open up 
bottles uh, that have just been sitting in his cellar for a while. Um, I've, you know, I've been doing all, the same thing, actually. Yeah, we all have these, you know, save it for a special occasion or, I mean, right now when you're facing a lot of uncertainty, it seems like just a good, ex- a good excuse to treat yourself. Um, and before some of these beers that we've been holding on to for so long uh, pass their peak and start to uh, disintegrate or degrade, um, it's time to open them up. And so I, I think we'll see a lot more of that. And I've been certainly uh, enjoying hearing all of my friends do that. And we have plans to join in on that ritual this evening. Yeah, I have a lot of these bottles and I tend to open them when when people and you know friends come to town or come to stay and yeah. you know this time it's it's sort of i'm looking at this and realizing i'm probably not going to be going out to do much you know beer buying in the future so i'm going to draw down on what's in the house last night i had a 2004 barley wine from heavyweight that had been wow. you know, that it's just been sitting around from peggy and tom you know from baker from a million years ago and yeah. it was it it held up beautifully That's a brewery too, exactly yeah. and i thought of you while i was drinking it but it was a uh, it's just a <laughs> it's just kind of a fun exploration of you know, it brings a little brightness to to some otherwise pretty dark times. Absolutely. Yeah, I need to go down into the basement and figure out what I'm going to open this evening. Well, John, I thank you for joining us and thank you for all the work on behalf of Beer Edge this week. I know that our readers and our listeners have appreciated it. And, uh, you know, we'll look forward to talking with you next week. Yeah, we're going to keep at it and, and, and keep going. And certainly if people have suggestions, they should reach out to us online and via email. Thank you for listening to the first episode of the Beer Edge podcast. My co-host John Hall and I appreciate your listening. And thanks to our guests today. You can find more information about our coverage at BeerEdge.com. We also offer a subscription newsletter as well as John's weekly podcast, Drink Beer, Think Beer, which drops every Wednesday. We'll be back next week with more stories from the beer industry. Until then, be well and take care of one another.